Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hey, Look, Listen. My name is Owen Reardon, and joining me, as always, is Liam Sheehan and Jonathan Morrissey. Super excited for today's episode. The topic of the show is movie adaptations of our favorite video games, some of our favorite video games, some games that we don't even care about. But before we jump into that, there are a couple of things that I would like to say, a bit of housekeeping. Um, We're super grateful for everyone who has listened and subscribed and downloaded the show so far. We got some really, really positive response from family, friends, strangers. We're huge in Italy, apparently, which is uh, super great. Uh, Must have been the Super Mario episode or Portal episode. Yeah, just Um, just guess. I don't... (laughs) They they love Mario in Italy. (laughs) Do they love Portal? (laughs) Anyway. I have no idea. Oh, it was very nice to hear, though. And I just heard it right now regarding this podcast. I didn't know we were big in Italy, but I'm going to tell my parents that. <laughs> awesome. Biggest fan of the podcast. Um, so before we jump into today's topic of the show, I do want to hear what you guys are currently playing and enjoying right now. Oh, yeah. uh, Liam, I'm going to kick things off with you. Well, you know what? Remember back in episode two, we had a mighty rant about um, uh, Mario and Nintendo and the, the Mario 3D collection. So yes, they that they was done. Episode, yeah. yeah, yeah, basically <laughs> by the end of it, yeah, um, they done and did it again, and they did another re-release of um, an old Mario game, and so Mario Three D World for the Wii U, and I played that recently. That's like the most recent thing I've played, and uh, this yeah. is the one that has the additional Bowser's Fury. That's right? exactly that's exactly it. Um, I'm still not like I'm not, I'm not okaying Nintendo here. I still think they're spending they're like they're charging too much money for games that are essentially old but in terms of re-releasing a game price tag you know ignoring the price tag this is the polar opposite of the of the other collection this was like really worth the money because they basically added a whole new game onto it mm-hmm. and it wasn't like it really was a whole new game like for me one of the biggest events in like gaming i'm always waiting for is the next 3d mario game and it's only like it's doesn't happen often it's five six years between them so it's always monumental when it comes out. And they kind of snuck the next 3D Mario game out, like attached onto this game as like a, a separate thing. Like it's short is the only thing. I think my guess would be about six hours to 100% it. But it really, I was playing it and I was like, hold on, this is the next 3D Mario game. And more importantly, it's a, a huge, they're definitely testing the water for open world because it's proper open world. There's no jumping into paintings. There's no getting on the Odyssey and selecting a level. You can see the other levels in the distance and you run to them. It's not a huge space, but it is completely open and explorable. You unlock new things as you go on, but you can go anywhere you like. And I definitely, I like, mark my words here. Are we recording? Good. Because <laughs> I think, and I'm, I'm, I, and I'm the only one to ever say this, but like the next Mario game is going to be open world. And this was the, this was the kind of quote unquote beta test for it. And for me, it was hugely successful. There's kind of a weird mechanic in it where Bowser turns into a kaiju, and he kind of fucks up your shit. He he, and he he happens randomly, and sometimes that makes the game really chaotic. Uh, but mostly, it's just kind of irritating to be honest. And other than that, I actually was hugely impressed. It's one of like honestly, short though maybe one of the better Mario games that's come out, even 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 though it's not even its own release. I think, like like a lot of people who didn't have a Wii U, if you haven't played 3D uh, Mario 3D World, um, this game is a fucking must-buy to get 3D World and Bowser's Fury. They're both excellent. I've read a lot about that it pretty much is acting as a prototype, almost like to the level that there was ideas in Odyssey that were excluded from the game because potentially there wasn't enough time. 
and things that they wanted to try that they put into this. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I just was expecting it to be kind of, you know, an add on. I was really impressed by it. Like I said, the only thing, like, as good as it is, I don't think Nintendo should be charging full price for uh, seven, eight year old games, even if they add like a really substantial stuff onto it. But other than that, like, like I said, it's the opposite of the other. I'm not really, I can't really be cynical about this. I think this is how you should re release an old game. This is the level of um, effort I want to see put into it. I, I did they you, did good. They did good this time. Did you did you try the co op? Because it's co op with that as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I played a bit. I, played, I, I did have a Wii U version back in the day, so I played all through that game with my brother. It's brilliant. Um, the main game, the main game is a brilliant multiplayer game. Uh, the new Bowser's Fury thing, the co op is not very good. It's very much if you have a kid, give your give your four year old kid the controller and he can play as Bowser Junior. The gameplay is mm. far less substantial, but the core game, it's brilliant it's so fun it's chaotic with three or four people as well mm, and john what what is uh taking up your time these days uh well we've already covered this didn't we think it was episode three or four i'm still playing divinity original sin um i'm putting in a lot of time into you've, it you've had your uh, time to talk about that <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I just move on on yeah no. leave me anymore um but on the other side i've actually been playing a very large amount of mario party uh, with my the one for the Switch? The one for the Switch, yeah. Um, and I know that's kind of like, it's not the best Mario Party out there um, for a lot of reasons, but my God, I it's um, I love it. I love it so much. Um, I don't think Mario Party was ever really good. Do you know what I mean? They're always kind of ropey games, but they're just fun. And sometimes when, oh, they're, a little, yeah. sometimes when they're a little bit bad, that's better. When they're kind of unfair and annoying, that actually adds to it. <laughs> This one is this one is like you know I used to think Mario Kart was annoying you know that kind of level of be, you know victory being robbed from you. Mm-hmm. I'm playing with someone and she's going to listen to this and I'm just going to come across offensive. There's no other way I'm going to say it. Don't um, worry, you've done it every episode so far. So. I, yeah, I have. Yeah, she, I, she, I haven't let her listen to anything past episode two. I just keep telling her, yeah, the, we haven't even done episode three yet. You know, it's <laughs> coming. Um, but she smoked me every single time. Like we played five games like in the last two weeks. I haven't won a single one. But I've nearly always been leading going into the end. And then she gets some <laughs> fucking stupid random star. Like, oh, you're so bitter. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to hide it either. T- talking about it on, on an actual podcast. Um, but anyway, yeah, Divinity, or we're just saying, it's going to take up most of my time. And then Mario Party. And then very excited for um, actually going back and playing the original Divinity Sin. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you guys, would you want to maybe um, uh, we could do the co-op on on PlayStation together? Um, no, no, sorry. Yeah, no. We don't. We don't hang out outside the podcast. I forgot. No, we don't. What have you been playing? I I am hop. Uh, well, I've hopped on the Zelda anniversary train. Um, yeah. So I reached out to Liam the other day, uh, Zelda Master, and I posed the Are question of what's the best What's the best way to uh, approach Zelda Masturbator? Sorry, it was very late. I, I had to say it. Sorry, it was very late. I see the gears turning. I saw it coming. Oh my god! Um, you've just dampened my entire. I'm playing Zelda. I'm playing the uh, A Link to the Ooh. Past is what I'm playing. Ooh, classic Zelda. So I'm utilizing uh, Switch's uh, inverted commas uh, virtual console to avail of uh, A Link to the Past. It's. Uh, I told Liam I texted him one day. And I was like, I went from one day of like, I'm super enjoying this. It's great. It's a masterpiece. I'm loving everything about it to 24 hours later of um, I'm putting it down and I'm done with it. 
you know, oh, I'd wow. like. I had like two or three dungeons left, I think. And it had gotten to the point of monotony for me. Uh, the game, I felt that it wasn't it wasn't guiding me. Not that I needed a walkthrough or anything, but everything was kind of very unclear at that point. Like I knew that I needed an item, but at no stage had the game ever even suggested that this item was a thing. You know what I mean? So I like I ended up reverting to a guide and I got to the stage where I was like, you know what, my uh, I don't feel like it's respecting my time right now. I would rather move on to like the next Zelda. Mm. But I there was a lot of moments of that game that I thoroughly enjoyed. And it was nice to go back to a uh, overhead uh, isometric Zelda. Mm -hmm. I I might do um, Link's Awakening. I I do have the re the remake version for Switch of that, it's so I think favorite. that might be it's my favorite overhead Zelda game. It's really good. Yeah, I love the comparisons that some people have made to Twin Peaks about it in terms of its weirdness. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's just very very strange things in that game. So the topic of the show, gentlemen, I know that we have all done our research diving into a plethora of average to Shit. below average to absolutely yeah. terrible fucking movies after garbage yeah the uh the video game to movie adaptation um you know i'm gonna open this up there um to the two of you you know tell me tell me the movies that you guys watched we're going to cover a wide range of topics during this you know why why there hasn't really been an outstanding adaptation before you know there's been good ones which we all agreed with but for the better part uh i would argue that it's well well below average so let's really dig in and try and find out why it just hasn't worked and you bowl is not the easy answer to take this out i really didn't want to watch any of his stuff um i <laughs> but considered you did. it i know i didn't actually well i have in my life <laughs> Um, we we just, watched it together. We, we yeah. watched some of his stuff together. Yeah, I wanted to rewatch some stuff for this time recording, and I just couldn't bring myself to kind of bring myself back to that well. Even though I do have huge fond memories of that one movie in particular, um, House of the Dead. That was fantastic. <laughs> I've honestly seen that. I've never seen Citizen Kane, but I've seen House of the Dead like five times. So I didn't actually didn't. I just couldn't bring myself to watch it again. <laughs> just kind of <laughs> wasting my life. Um, yeah, like here's the thing. Like, are we looking? Are we looking for would you what would you consider a good video game adaptation? An actual video good video game adaptation or a bad movie? That's really fun to watch. Yeah. I would you know, I think Marcy, you said at the top of the show, uh, off air that you wanted to talk about um Sonic. Let's let's deal with Sonic first, which I think is uh, a <clears throat> movie that I actually enjoyed. Um, and you surprisingly probably got more of a kick out of it than you thought you would have. Yeah, yeah, because like I remember you when you told me you watched it a few weeks ago and you were like really enjoyed it. I was just surprised. I hadn't actually done. I didn't really know much about it to be honest with you. I remember when I first saw the first like uh, CGI Sonic they had made, and I was like, "That's terrifying. That's really creepy. I'm never going to watch a movie with him in it." Um, and then they obviously redid it and came back to it. And so this week, in preparation for this, I, I watched it. It was just a lot of fun. Like it wasn't. A, it's not a great movie. I wouldn't even say it's a very good movie. But I just enjoyed it a lot. Um, and it just kind of. I don't know if it got the feeling of Sonic across that much, but it. I just found it very likable. Do I need to see another one? Probably not. Well, you're getting um, 
Yeah, I know. Obviously, the minute it was the best grossing movie of 2020. What a bizarre uh, title it has. Um, but I actually really enjoyed it. And then I won't talk about the other movie I watched, but that kind of how impressed I was with Sonic was compounded when I watched another. Well, here's another the thing, movie. Here's the thing with Sonic, okay, and it's what coloured my um, viewing of it because I watched it for the first time um, last week for for this recording. And there's a lot of people online banding it around as like the best video game adaptation and finally a good video game adaptation. And what it is, is a fine kids movie. But um, mm. I'm a man child, so I'm going to talk about Sonic, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie for a second. Sonic, the games, they're either like these incredibly 90s Japanese things with this very unique style. Every track is a banger. Just this really memorable aesthetic very 90s or their the later 3d sonic games where they're really misguided in almost every aspect it all coalesces <laughs> into this like bizarre almost disaster and one thing they're not is um dull good or bad they're not dull and that's why i can't forgive the sonic movie which is incredibly dull i don't know why we needed um like if you're adapting a sonic game while, while he's instead of chris what's his name Cyclops, James Marsden, James, James Marsden, <laughs> Chris, 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 Chris Cyclops. Like, like, why is he teaming up with a man, James Marsden, instead of like Knuckles or any other character? Like, why? Why do I? Because they had to, to save Knuckles for the second movie, which is I don't know why. They, I don't know why they did. I just I like it's another one of those CGI character goes into the real world. It's like Smurfs. It's like Alvin the Chipmunks. He he learns about friendship and stuff like that. And I was just like, this isn't. Like I said, good or bad, Sonic is charismatic. His games are weird, and this this movie was just too boring. And um, mic drop, I really hated Jim Carrey in it. I really oh, wow, really, okay, because I have to, <laughs> can I, uh, yeah, I have to come in here. Uh, so because you're a big uh, Jim Carrey fan, Marcy, uh, I am too. I, <laughs> I suppose I, I used to be. Yeah, he's always. I, I used like. to be. I yeah, no, I was right. I used to actually be a very big fan of him until like. He got weird and like anti vaccine and like all that. When he oh, made God. Kick Ass 2, and then he walked away from it saying he didn't endorse violence, all this kind of crazy stuff. But I was actually going to say that his casting in Sonic was inspired. But yeah, and like but I remember going into the movie and thinking, how do they do Robotnik? Like, how he's such a ludicrous character. How do they make that work in a in a real life kind of movie setting? I thought they did really, a really good job. I, I actually would say one thing I wouldn't call the movie. And again, I am not saying it's very good. I'm saying <laughs> like it's like a 6.5 out of 10. I'll never watch it again. But I, I do think it's, I wouldn't say dull. I think it was, did it have charisma? No. But it, it was weird enough to be interesting. I don't think it that's was. fair. Did you did you hear uh, Adam Sandler's story um, about? Um, so apparently he was in the theater watching the movie, and during the movie he stood up and like rang Jim Carrey while he was watching it, saying that he was giving like a comedic. I know it actually is so giving like yeah. a comedic a comedic masterclass, and it was his best performance in in years. I'm shocked because I watched it with two. I watched it with two other people. And every time Jim Carrey was on a thing, it just sucked the energy out of the room because he's brilliant. I love, like, I'm a big fan of the old Dumb and Dumber Days and Children. Like, he's but he's an excellent actor, Eternal Sunshine and stuff like that. He's amazing. They clearly like for just like we have Jim Carrey. Oh my god, don't turn off so the camera what, when he's ad libbing. When he's ad libbing, and all these ad libs are just not very good. I'm sorry, Adam Sandler probably knows better than me, but I just he I, does, I, he does it, it. It, it, it. It was the shadow of Jim Carrey and the shadow of Song Hedgehog, and it just kind of bummed me out. Wow. It's kind of made me sad. God. Yeah, no, I like Sonic's a funny one, right? Because he's like he's right in saying that it's either 
it's either one thing or another. Like I remember the classic um like 90s sonic cartoon where he was almost like an edgy kind of character you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. you know he was the, he was the cool cool dude whilst this interpretation of him is has been dialed down to two to make him somewhat more of a lovable character for children but then when mm-hmm. i think of the age demographic of those hardcore sonic fans i'm like who is this movie actually for right so they you know mm. it's is sonic that relevant to kids these days yeah because in my mind sonic is 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 the mtv generation mascot right i think he's like the teenage mutant ninja turtles though i think just i think each generation picks him up though i i was gonna say i think every generation pick him up would pick up some incarnation of him but i just asked this question though do we fucking need a sonic movie like I did, what, why does that need to exist? Do you know? I I just never thought of it as a video game that would be easily adaptable or would need to be adapted into a, into a movie. I think how wacky it could be. Like get tails and knuckles, get Amy, get that bat that has tits, get all the weird stuff from Sonic <laughs> and throw it in, and then have Jim Carrey and and like spoilers, but he he goes full robotic by the end of that movie. That's kind of what I want to see. The next one could be really good, and I'm just going to sit here in this exact chair until it comes out. And, and then only then will I be satisfied. He's actually so, standing. So to, to touch on a couple of things that at least, you know, I think translated well that are mistakes that are potentially made in other video game adaptations was the the movie didn't exactly shove the references in your face and say, haha, we know that you know what this is. So like, you know, there there was, you know, the, the the golden rings were essentially like the MacGuffin of the movie, but it didn't beat you over the head being like, ah, Sonic fans, you know what this is. And we're waving it in front of your fi- in front of your face. It wasn't like, you know, the green Hill zone or, or where Jer- James Marston or Chris, uh, as, as he knows <laughs> where he's from green Hills, you know, it's, it's more, it was more subtle. And a part of actually what I find in a lot of video game movies of the ones I watched is they're slapping you over the head with like, eh, Hey, video game fan, we know that you know what this is. <laughs> and, and that's something that I found with Sonic was this could have just been a an imagination or DreamWorks animated movie and not mm. have Sonic. And it still would have been, you know, the, the same caliber. You just throw Sonic as a recognizable face in there and it just works. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I like Jim Carrey's performance. I th- honestly, yeah, man, like I, I know I, I'm in the minority. Um, it, it was yeah. weird. It didn't work for me. Which is fair. I can. I. I also think it's a movie where you have to kind of go in with the right mindset. Again, I wouldn't have watched this if we didn't have a video <laughs> game podcast. Like I just wouldn't have. Um, but I, I. Yeah, I think that Jim Carrey's performance, like honestly, was like one of the best I've seen in the while, man. I thought like he was chewing up the scenery. But I, I do get your saying, Liam. My partner re- again, like barely watched this. <laughs> I really like Ben Schwartz, who was cast as Sonic. That he was excellent. He was a really good Sonic. They should just Is make that him. Ben Schwartz. I had yeah. no idea. They should just make yeah, him the Sonic I... Sonic for the whole franchise. He was really good. Someone else who was cast really well was Matt Damon in Max Payne, Marcy's favorite movie. It's Mark Wahlberg. Uh, it was Mark Wahlberg. But, uh... Who's the nice <laughs> Damon? It was a he good segue as well. It, it, it was, was almost it was Chris a perfect segue, except for the information uh... you get. Uh, so I look. If anyone listening here is sensitive to curse words or oh just God. anger um just maybe turn off for a couple of minutes um i 
I grew up absolutely loving Max Payne, like the first one. Um, I remember, I remember getting for PC. I remember getting into modding at the time, which I've never really done since. But I remember really modding out the first game, loving it. I also I remember. I don't know if you've played. Have either of you played Max Payne? No, actually, no. Yeah, oh. I, I I played the old. I played the old ones, which were great for their noir style, and then Max Payne Three, which just went out full all. Yeah, as well as yeah. action it did yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I won't talk about that now but um I, so i i like i had a very high bar for it which is obviously stupid of me um going in um mark Wahlberg, take him or leave him in anything anyway um so that's not a good start um but it was it was fucking trash from the very <laughs> very start until the end i hated it all um there was hardly any nods to the video game at all like the video game was like i played it when i was really young but it was like quite dark like his spoiler alert his wife and his kid are murdered by these like crazy junkies and are part of this kind of drug conspiracy theory the movie just went fuck that we'll use we'll barely use that um we will have no decent action scenes at all there's three action scenes in it for an hour and 40 minute movie based on an action game that basically, you know, brought in like bullet time and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, I almost didn't want to do the podcast today because I watched it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was insulting. I think Mark Wahlberg and maybe Matt Damon as well should apologize. Um, <laughs> honestly, it's what it's it's. And it's what it is. I bet you, you guys have found this as well. And I really want to get your your thoughts on it. Movies that just take the title of the video game and like that's it. Like nothing else really is like taken from the video game or adapted at all. That's what this was like. Do you think? Um, that, do, you, do you think it was a possibility that's what it was? Maybe. Do you think it was a, think it was a screenplay and they just stuck a, a brand name onto it? A franchise. Well, I read. I read about it. It was in like development hell for years, and like every basically everyone who looks like Mark Wahlberg was attached to it uh, for a while. Matt Damon is absolutely James Marsden. Odds Chris. on, probably was Chris. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it I was just... directed by an Irishman, you know. Take it all back. Take it all back. <laughs> who? I need to stand John, together. Uh, John, yeah, John Moore, who also, in all fairness, directed A Good Day to Die Hard, which is atrocious. Oh. I remember, I, yeah, I actually remember this because I did Google him. He did he did something else, one some other big movie, and I was like, wow. I can't remember what it was. Behind Enemy uh, Lines? That's it. I wanted because I remember me and you all used to talk about that movie. Random behind enemy lines. This is going completely off uh, kilter now, but um, it's a movie with uh, what's his name? Yeah, wow, wow, that guy, wow. Um, him and Gene Hackman, and it's about uh, him being stuck behind enemy lines and trying to get out. And it's a good, it's an enjoyable movie. It's a good romp. Um, so that's why my bar was so high. <laughs> that is the highest <laughs> bar. This, the highest bar. bar compared to behind enemy lines. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But very upsetting, very upsetting. But I think you're right, Marcy. I think like, I think they probably took the name of a well, and it wasn't even, I wouldn't even say it was a well-established franchise, actually. Like, it, I'd say it was a bit of a cult hit, to be quite honest with you, Max Payne. Like, it was revolutionary in, in how it presented story and some of the gameplay and mechanics. But at the same time, I don't remember it being a massive thing. But it's a, it is a weird, it's a weird franchise to, to kind of take on. And like, if you think about it, the movie came out after the first and second game, not after the third game. And the third game is when it kind of exploded. Um, like if people, like a third game is a good game, and the second one is, you know, isn't. Uh, that's okay. Um, but it's very, very different to to the first one. So, I just think it's a strange choice. Mark Wahlberg usually a bad choice anyway. Worst choice here. Um, don't watch it. 
Um, and that's that's me done. Yeah, I'm not going to talk. Am I right in stuff. saying there's a lot of imagery with like angels and death and stuff in it? If my, uh, my vague recollection, it's it fucking. Do you know what? I'm gonna get annoyed now. <laughs> but like the game, right? The game had this great thing where uh, when people were on drugs or they were like really tripping out in this, I think it was like I can't remember what it was called, like kind of venom or something stupid. Um, they would see weird like hallucinations like angels sweeping down through new york to grab people um in the movie which is very very obviously shot in toronto um with really bad cgi to make you think it's new york like all the time i would just be like that's tim hortons i've been there like that's awful like do something about that um in the movie they make <laughs> there's a scene they, well sorry let me backtrack they they still keep that so when people are on drugs they're seeing weird angels coming down and odd things are happening um, but because they obviously just ran out of any kind of story or script, they have Mark Wahlberg take the drug. Um, doesn't say why. There's no explanation about it at all. Um, and so then it goes into about a, maybe a 25-minute dream sequence, um, and he opens up some sort of portal to hell. So there's a scene of him, which I, if we ever go into video podcasts, we need to clip this, of him on his knees screaming up at the ceiling, and there's just like a bunch of angels and like fire and brimstone. And he's just going, no not like Dark Vader, obviously, but uh, close enough to it. Um, it was shit. I hated it. I hate the fact I have to talk about it. <laughs> so, so annoying. You're, you're it was your choice to watch it. Lucky. it. It was. I was, and I, I was close to going Prince of Persia or that. And I remember just, I can't sit through Prince of Persia again. It's been a decade. Can't do it again. Not ready. <laughs> Liam, what did you watch, man? Well, what's the best um, well to dip into when you're adapting... Um video games fighting games obviously so much plot to, to mine <laughs> I guess I mean, how, how could it go wrong right <laughs> i actually like in complete offset to marcy i had a great time now sonic kind of left me a bit low i had a great time researching this podcast because i watched almost back to back mortal kombat movie from the 90s and the jean-claude van damme street fighter movie from Classic. the 90s the two big 16-bit fighting game franchise that were both <laughs> adapted around the same time. And uh, which one Which one should I go for first? <laughs> Just, <laughs> how could I choose? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know what? I watched Mortal Kombat first, and um, I kind of maybe wanted to maybe save this for later in the podcast because I'm jumping ahead. I'm declaring it the best video game adaptation ever made. It's I watched it, I watched it with my girlfriend who had never seen it, and her review afterwards was, that was shit, but I had a great time watching it and it's so true it's both better and worse than i remember it from my childhood because i literally haven't seen it from my childhood but i loved it when i was a kid i loved it and it is it's striking the exact tone i want mortal kombat to strike i know um mortal kombat is a huge franchise that has a huge following and people probably know all about the mythology and the characters i'm i'm mainly for me unfortunately mortal kombat is a nostalgic thing i haven't played any new games i used to play them um in the 90s but for me, who doesn't know much about the mythology, when you're adapting, when you're making a Mortal Kombat movie, you got to get those ridiculous characters. You got to make them fight each other, and then and you're golden, and you're absolutely, you're absolutely <laughs> golden. If they do their moves, and the whole thing is just kind of silly, intentionally or otherwise, for me, you have a perfect Mortal Kombat movie. I had a great time watching it. It's so funny. It's so so but, funny, and that speaks to the source material from the very beginning because yeah. Mortal Kombat itself really is silly when you think about it. It's so silly. It's like it, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It was like it was notorious because of its violence, uh, but like it was never grim dark or anything like that. The, the creators of, of, of the game always like 
found it funny. They loved like you know movie violence, so they wanted to make a video game that kind of um, that kind of you know translated that to to a game. That's one thing. Um, the movie is twelves. I remember it being a bloodbath. There's hardly any blood what? in it. There's that was cool. Cool. Oh. The level of violence was, yeah. Yeah, no, there's no violence, actually. Actually, that is a criticism. It's not violent um, at all. Um, but it does have um, Highlander. Um, oh. <laughs> Christopher, Lam- Christopher, Christopher Lambert playing... Yeah, Christopher Lambert playing Raiden, and he just... Uh, he, he knows he's just getting a paycheck. He's just there. He's just hanging out. He's having a good time. Um, and yeah, and it has a big animatronic Goro. Do you remember Goro? He's the guy with four yeah. arms. I was the watching arms, it, right? Yeah. I was watching in 2021. I was watching it and I was like, how'd they do that? I'm not even joking. I was like, is that a puppet? Is that a costume? That's really good. <laughs> I was like, that's a Bula Boss. That's very good. Doesn't he um, get like, kicked in the nuts or hit in the nuts? Or yeah, he, gets, yeah he, he crushes Johnny Cage's sunglasses. Uh, so Johnny Cage punches him in the nuts. And <laughs> it's honestly the highlight. Of the, of the movie, there's actually several highlights. Um, Kano, who's a guy with one eye, um, fights Sonya Blade, and uh, Sonya um, puts him between her thighs in the fight. And Kano goes, "Ah, give me a break!" And she goes, "Okay," and breaks his neck. And Brilliant. I clapped. I clapped. That's genius. You clapped. I, I could, I could just tell you, I could just tell you about the movie, but like, I actually, it really reminded me of something. Like, video games these days have they're doing genre writing very well we're getting really good genre stories just in video games so what i kind of want for my video game adaptations i'm I'm finding is to get that video game silliness it don't adapt like the the one that you can get a great story out of because we have that great story in the game already adapt mortal kombat make it really silly get these because video game characters are often cool because back especially back in the in the 90s you didn't have a story what you needed to sell your game to people was cool characters, which just, was just a cool vibe, a cool atmosphere. So take all that, take your Sub Zeros and your Scorpions, and stick it into a movie. Like I, I honestly, it's not a good movie, um, but I uh, five out of five. It's exactly what it's exactly what it needs to be. And the guy playing Shang Tsung, I, I should have looked up his name. He's the villain. He gives it hundred and ten percent. He's amazing. He's chewing the scenery, and he's just great. And, so compared um, to yeah, compared to um, Street Fighter, then <laughs> Street Fighter is I enjoy Street Fighter equally as much, but it's like infinitely worse. Um, Jean Claude Van Damme with a hundred percent, correct? The American thing about Street Fighter, as as people probably know, is it's like the World Warriors. Street Fighter is um, all the characters from different parts of the world and they're fighting in tournaments. So the, the American guy. Um, is played by um, the muscles from Brussels. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, Belgian. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, he with a hundred percent success rate butchers every line of dialogue he's given in that movie, <laughs> <laughs> and it uh, never gets boring. <laughs> and um, yeah, Kylie Minogue is in it. It's ins- it, it, it's insane. Um, Remind and, me, Liam, is Blanca in in the movie? Yeah, they they, oh, I'll deep dive here. They combined two Street Fighter characters, uh, Charlie Nash and Blanca, and they made it the same character because Giles' friend Blanca gets captured, or Giles' friend Charlie gets captured, and um, he's made to look at like like Clockwork Orange. He's made to look at really evil stuff on a screen, and they turn him into a monster. But um, uh, but the scientist, who's actually the character Dalsim. Uh, he changes it to good stuff, like pictures of children playing and stuff like that. So Blanca oh, ends of up course. being good. He ends up being good, but he like after like twenty minutes after it happens, Blanca explodes. So it doesn't matter. 
Um, <laughs> it's um, you know Ra- Raul Julia who played uh, Gomez Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. Fi- it was his final film. Yeah, he, I, I, I yeah, it. he plays oh, Bison. No he plays Bison, uh, and he's he looks ill in it, which it's it's really sad. He died of cancer not long after it, and he um, but he like it's it's the villains man, like Shang Tsung in uh, Mortal Kombat. He he seems to know exactly what movie he's in, and he just goes for it. And he has the most amazing speeches. I implore everyone listening to this after you're done listening to go on YouTube and just find M. Bison speeches from um, from uh, Street Fighter 1994 because they're amazing. And just type in um, Jean-Claude Van Damme Street Fighter. It's the funniest thing. He can't deliver a line to save his life. So Lee, I, again, do you, do you, do you put no, them on the sorry. same level then? Because you're no, obviously no. you're you're talking about the out out there, right? As in, and you're describing. I want to watch it. I. Obviously, I remember seeing it in the cinema. Actually, <laughs> I remember seeing it in the Savoy in Limerick City. And Street Fighter, I, yeah, Street Fighter. Oh my god! Yeah, my, my parents stuck me into that one. I remember that. Um, beautiful, outrageous movie, and I've seen it many times since. But the way you're describing it, you know, is along the lines of that silliness that could be adapted and is not necessarily good, but super, super fun, which is what you want from your video yeah, games. I would say Mortal Kombat is skirts the line at being somewhat um good it's like somewhat um i was about to say artful but no just good like i know some of the fight scenes aren't half bad in mortal kombat street fighter is just a straight up bad movie put it on the list with the room put it on the list with um sharknado and stuff like that it's just brilliant fun i think mortal kombat is it's a little bit legitimate and, and just to i just want to hear you say it again you genuinely <laughs> think mortal kombat is the best uh, adaptation yeah you know i haven't i haven't like you know thought about it too much but right now at, at this juncture of our recording i'm going to say yes it is but let me let me tell you before we move on from it i to to, to compare see because i actually a huge fan of street fighter unlike mortal kombat um which i fell off on i still play street fighter games um casually um i love playing arcades if i can find one but um mm. Uh, so to, uh, one thing I would say, as fun as the Street Fighter movie is, it's it just butchers the source so much. Like if you're a fan of these characters, you know you're just like, oh no, it's all wrong. Why is it so wrong? <laughs> Actually, the only one who's good is Vega. Do you remember Vega, the guy with the claw and the mask? They do him perfectly, um, but everyone else is terrible. Um, uh, so I watched the Street Fighter anime from the '90s to compare, and I, when I was a kid and I, got, I started getting into anime, it was through my brother's VHS VHS tapes. And I only watched them because they were violent. And I remember loving the Street Fighter 2 anime when I was a kid. Because it was just, like, violent and stuff. But I watched it again. I hadn't seen it in 15 years at least. And uh, it's not very good, unfortunately. But what I will say is, like, all the characters, they look perfect. They look, oh, they're so big as well. Everyone, like, Guile... Um, He's like the size of five men and and a boss. He's just they draw him so muscly and big. He'd be there standing in a hospital room, kind of lamenting Chun Li in the bed, and he's huge. It's so oh, funny. sorry. I thought you were still talking about the movie. No, no, I'm so anyways. confused. <laughs> I was like, why isn't Chun Li that big? Twelve feet tall. Yeah. Well, don't, don't don't forget that. But um, <laughs> what I would say about the anime, it's it's really slow. I turned it on and I was like, how is this an hour and forty minutes? And it's an hour and 40 minutes because there's literally about 20 minutes of establishing shots in it. Like, it's it's really weird. I think the, the, the animators just want to be really arty with it. But what I will say, why I think it's actually a good adaptation on, like, Street Fighter, Van Damme edition. Because you get you get your bang for your buck. When Ken and Ryu start fighting Bison, it's awesome. 
the fight scenes are cool. If you're a Street Fighter fan, you want to see really cool fight scenes. So that like gives you the bare minimum. And um, yeah, I I watched those like <laughs> I watched those in space for two days, and I've just been happy, happy since. Are you looking forward to the uh, from what you've seen then of the latest Mortal Kombat, which kind of spurns this topic that we're actually talking about? Because yeah. I sent it to you guys, I was like, "Holy shit, this looks pretty Fair decent, cool." Yeah, and it, it is. It's also striking the kind of tone I want because I think um, it looks kind of silly. I think it's it, like, and I'm saying this as a compliment. Like I haven't laughed so much in a trailer than in that like the beginning of that. It goes, "It's a birthmark." What is it? It means he was born with it. And I was like, why did they put that into the, <laughs> into the trailer? So I was, like, I was, I was in it straight away. But like that, like it's striking the tone. Like I like, said, like it looks very silly over the top, overly violent to a certain yeah, degree. Which I, that's I what's think great is, about it. Yeah, it needs to the, be. like there's fatalities, there's everything mm. in it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's good. Like it, it, it looks, it looks like it's not taking itself too seriously, and it looks like it's doing the violent aspect of the franchise is what you want. Like Sub Zero cuts scorpion and freezes something's blown to a dagger and stabs him with it and I'm like yeah this is what mortal kombat should be like i don't want it to be um um the raid you know i don't want it to be like really really good action cinema it just needs to be this you know this is, I'm, I'm actually i'm actually hyped for it i'm looking forward to it what did you um what did you watch on um i watched a good few um i did watch prince of persia and i oh, no. soundly I'm, I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> Yeah, thank God I soundly advise you to definitely not revisit it again, Marcy. Uh, just again, right? It was uh, the, clearly Disney were like, we might have a Pirates of the Caribbean on our hand, and that's what we're going to shoot for. Let's get Jake Gyllenhaal in there as the vehicle. We'll get his top off. Looks great. Uh, let's hire the director of uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire because, you know, he is a proven director. And uh, it was just god awful. Like, really, really god-awful. There's zero characterization, zero plot, you know, apart from, okay, there's a dagger that can, you know, reverse time. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal can't even keep uh, an accent, which I was super surprised about. Did but he have an accent in it? Did they make he it? He was British. Because yeah. like a oh, British accent. Right. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's like the game, though, in all fairness, so we won't we yeah, the movie but, for that. And and I I'm not, but you know Liam, you speak about people like really giving it their all, um, and knowing kind of what movie they're in. Um, the, it for me it was clearly a type of movie that you're watching it and nobody knows what type of movie they're in, and it's <laughs> I kind of I kind of describe it like Venom in that kind of sense. I love Venom because clearly Tom Hardy thinks he's in a comedy while everyone else thinks they're in an R-rated movie. <laughs> you know what good, I mean? Like, yeah. It's, it's yeah. unreal. Like Tom Hardy's just having time of his life while everyone else is going for Oscars. Like, and I felt like for, you know, I felt something similar from this movie. It's like you have Ben Kingsley in there. You have Jake Gyllenhaal, you have Gemma Arden and like nobody like continues to strike this right tone. There's zero, uh, there's zero sense of like adventure which, you know, I think a Prince of Persia movie should have if they're going full scale, at least make it comparable to The Mummy in, in some degree, which you watched lately, actually, Marcy. Just watched The weekend, yeah. Brilliant. Go ahead. It's so yeah. good. It's, yeah. I would, would have been happier with Brendan Fraser as fucking The Prince the, it, the mummy, watching Jake it, it holds up so well. Like, and he's so likable. Such a good romp. And the day before, we had watched Romancing the Stone, which is aged terribly. And just... <laughs> The idea of Michael Douglas being an adventurer was just disgusting. 
Um, but go ahead. <laughs> keep hearing about, sorry, I did a personal attack on Douglas. Um, but we'd love to keep hearing about Prince Persia. He's listening in from Italy, Marcy. So. Um, I think the other thing, like so, something that struck a chord with me, to be honest, was when I think of something like Prince of Persia, I go back to those, you know, classic games um, and, you know, the newer games to a certain extent. And in my mind, there's a certain level of practicality to them. And what I mean by that is when I imagine what the actions that like the prince is taking, it's very parkour-esque, right? Mm -hmm. And we've had incredible parkour scenes throughout cinema history. And one that comes to mind is the one from Casino Royale, which is, you know, incredible. Yet, for whatever reason, Disney just clearly cheaped out on the sets and the CGI and everything looks completely artificial. You know, so like you, it really doesn't feel again, right? It's they, they're not capturing the essence of what the game means to some of the players, which I, I feel like is the biggest, biggest thing in terms of adapting these movies. And so far, there's only been a couple in my mind that have achieved this to a commendable degree. Um, and one of them is Silent Hill, in my opinion. Not a great movie by any means whatsoever, but at least the director captured the atmosphere of what you kind yeah. of felt in that first game. I, I agree. I agree. The thing about the Silent Hill, the original four Silent Hills that were made by Team Silent is they're really weird in the sense that the first one is kind of a oh, kind of a corny enough story about a cult. The second one is like art house then the third one, they go back to the cult. And the fourth one is kind of art house again. Do you know, does that make sense? And I think the movie did a damn good job of capturing the atmosphere and the feeling of one and three, the kind of, the kind of sillier cult ones. Um, I'm not saying those games aren't terrifying. They are, but, but when you get to the plot, they're kind they're kind of, um, you know, they're, they're about a silly cult. And I think the, 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 the movie is a damn good um, adaptation of one of those. Yeah, and obviously Sean Bean is in it, which elevates anything and everything. I, I haven't seen it in a few years, on, but I remember he just wanders around for that movie. He has like his own plot <laughs> of him wandering around. Because there's yeah. two worlds, and he's in the wrong one to interact with any of the characters. <laughs> yeah, it's not, necess- it's not necessarily a spoiler, but it literally is just watching Sean Bean walk around for half an hour. Is that, is that in real life, or is it the movie? Is that just actually Sean Bean? <laughs> he, was, couldn't uh, get, he, he couldn't get onto the set. hello Hello. um no but like that you know at least they got the essence right which was uh atmosphere which is a huge thing visually they really really got a lot of the designs down um as liam said i personally think they chose the wrong direction with the cult idea it i just didn't work um especially i think as as we revere to so much as being just this narrative masterclass that they could have probably done something um, that would have elevated that movie. It's one of the rare but, times I would say that the game is the games are more substantial and better written by far than the movie. Does that make sense? It, the movie is kind of a, a hollow version of the games. Yeah, I would say it's, I'd say it's generally the way. I would say game the game most of the, the <laughs> adaptations the games are better written. Um, I just think scientists rubbish. <laughs> well, you're a scaredy cat, you big scaredy cat. I am. Marcy, like, gonna, go Marcy is, is everything okay? Just like yeah. in general, like is everything okay? Like I'm fine. Owen lent me years ago Silent Hill Two, and I played it for eleven minutes because I 
I remember starting it up and it was fine. I was like, okay, I'm in a village on my own or whatever, a town. Graphics, you know, were kind of shite, so it didn't make me as scared. And then that walkie talkie you have on you started crackling. No, I was like, I think I lied. I think I told you I played it. We, we, we thought you were so cool. Um, but, um, like you were like like last last time we recorded, and you were you know telling me how you know get out of your comfort zone and play football manager. Marcy, I implore you, my friend. Silent Hill Two is essential gaming. It's one of the masterpieces of the medium. You have to play it. And you know yeah. what? That actually doesn't get enough credit that I thoroughly enjoyed is Shattered Memories. Um, totally Love off it. topic, but it, I actually yeah. think that's um, it's. Um, but so, to me, like. I'll go back to that word atmosphere, right? It's Silent Hill feels like a world that you step into that is very, very deranged. That's not necessarily hasn't been, it hasn't been captured um, in my survival horror games, apart from I go, I'll, I'll go back to dead space as a, you know, that claustrophobic feeling of, and just complete isolation in space. That's how you feel in that town. And every second of those games is unnerving. And watching that movie, whilst it's not necessarily the scariest, um, it is to a certain degree unnerving. So, like, mm. it did capture that for me. Obviously, they 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 threw in, you know, the iconic imagery of Pyramid Head and the nurses. And again, like, I'll go back to they didn't hit you over the head with it. It was. You know, it was just part of the movie. They got on with it. They didn't stick around and say, "Hey, look at this." Um, could have been scarier, obviously. Yeah. And in, the, in in the same way that it's just inherently cool to watch Ryu fight M Bison in an animated film, uh, just seeing Pyramid Head in a film was just like really, really cool. And they like they like, they ripped him right out of the game. I think you're completely right. It's kind of sacrilegious for a Silent Hill movie to not be that scary, but. You can't, I can't hate it just because of the iconography that they just put up on screen almost intact from the games. Yeah, so, and so, another movie that I watched that I don't necessarily want to dwell on because <laughs> I respect my own life and time better than the hour and 40 minutes that I watched this movie for um, <laughs> was Monster Hunter, which was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who is, I think this was his third or fourth adaptation, who famously did, did Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh, I thought you said yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> yeah. I was like... You mean the guy who directed There Will Be Blood? He did Mortal oh, Kombat, no. Boogie Nights, there will be monsters, the, Resident Evil, the Resident Evil franchise, There Will Be Blood, and now Monster Hunter. And uh, surprise, surprise, obviously his wife was in it. Uh, I, I cannot tell you how absolutely god-awful this movie is. Um, apart from the fact that uh, the only redeeming factor was, for whatever reason, Ron Perman obviously wanted a paycheck, and he's wearing a massively blonde wig for like 15 I mean, minutes <laughs> I watched that yeah <laughs> wielding um, a massive axe I believe and he's in it for a total of uh, 10 minutes obviously it sets up for a sequel but this goes back to you know Liam said it was cool to see an iconic character like Pyramid Head uh, be represented in movie form all they did with this movie was we're going to take the four top monsters from the Monster Hunter franchise and just put them on the big screen. And I cannot tell you how god-awful it was. Literally 45 minutes of that movie was spent, I'm not joking, was spent with uh, Mila Javakovic or Javakovic and I believe, I think uh, Toby Ja 
is yeah, it, it was Tony, Tony Jaa. Ja. Really? Yeah, who's I've you know a big fan for Tony Jaa and his yeah. work. Yeah, uh, Tony Jaa and Mila are stuck on a rock for forty-five minutes. <laughs> you know, Marcy, have you ever seen Tremors? <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, yeah remember yeah. the five-minute scene where they're stuck in the middle of the desert on a rock? <laughs> it's just add 40 minutes wow <laughs> it was an extended edition of that scene it was absolutely god awful and what's weird is they, there was clearly budget behind the movie it was obviously for a Chinese audience and there's nothing wrong with that and play to your strengths and play to where the money is but dear banned. god yeah there was banned. a there was a joke in it um, that was um yeah, it didn't go down well with Chinese audiences. It was it played for like a week, and there was something uh, offensive in it. Wow! Well, why did you like? Are you a fan of that that game series? Like, what made you pick that as one of the movies to watch? Because we were doing a podcast on. Oh, you well, <laughs> Jesus! Owen. You could have watched Matt Payne. You could have watched The Legend of Chun Li. There's so no, many. I've, I'm always curious, you know, and I think I'll be the first to say that, like, my movie selection might not be as selective as you guys. As I went on my pro speed racer rant last week, um, you know, I'm a bit more open to something a bit more silly, possibly a bit more enjoyable and shite. So I was like, oh, Monster Hunter, how bad can that be? Um, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, as I told you, 27 dresses, which I watched with my girlfriend after was better than Monster Hunter. You watch them back to back. What the fuck is I, wrong I needed with to you? cleanse the palate. God almighty. Monster Hunter into a Catherine Heigl movie. Oh my God. What a, what a but, nice... but, but one that does, that does work for me. And it, to be honest, as good as Sonic is and as good as Silent Hill is, um, I actually think the latest Tomb Raider movie works best for me as the best adaptation. And I don't know if, if you guys have, have seen it with uh, Alicia Vikander. No, unfortunately. No. Yeah. No. It's, all the games, but not the, not the movie. And that's the thing, right? It's it's an adaptation based on the reboot of the games. So now we Which get... Which I like. I like those. Yeah. So they're, it's... They're mostly good, yeah. It's... Hmm, exactly. uh, it's your and that and that's how I would describe the movie. It's it's mostly good, and it reminded me of how how the games were in that sense. And it's almost to a certain degree a shot for shot remake of of the first game. Certain wow. elements of it are anyway. I, I, yeah, I still saw they went for that kind of gritty kind of approach. How is it compared to the Angelina Jolie uh, original? Ah, uh, let's be fair; those are like. Those are yeah, but, but think about the movies we've just talked about in the last 20 minutes about Monster Hunter, Max Payne. Liam said Mortal Kombat is one of the best movies of all time. Like, I don't no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said, yeah, yeah, you did. I said it it's was record- the best video game adaptation. That's just, that, that puts it on the top of a very small pile. But do you know what well, one? Do you know what one is, is actually very good? Well, again, I don't love it, but it's quite good. And Owen, I actually thought you were about to say it before you dropped um, Tomb Raider there because it's modern. How's it to? No. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that existed. Oh my god. Alone in the dark. I rented that from the video store. <laughs> yeah, chat busters. Anything yeah. dates us more than that, are you in video stores? But um <laughs> I have great time for Detective Pikachu, which I thought was quite good. Um and it, it actually Detective Pikachu gave me what Sonic didn't. Where even though Detective Pikachu isn't it's not great, the story is not great. There's something inherently kind of almost awe-inspiring, I would say, about being in a cinema screen and seeing these accurate, accurately represented Pokemon mm. in a living world, like which which I didn't get from Sonic. Sonic's hanging around with a, with a, with a sheriff in a town, 
but Detective Pikachu is set in this whole world of like Pokemon, and I I think that movie is annoyingly average, but it does a lot of things that like I can't hate about it. I will say about Sonic is I'm glad it wasn't around when I, when I was a kid. I, I'm glad I had the '90s cartoons and '90s games, but I wish Detective Pikachu came out when I was a kid. I would have adored it. It would have been like my world. Uh, I'm hoping that it's kind of it's going to be. Um, Kind of a testing that. ground, a testing ground for a more maybe bigger traditional Pokemon Pokemon movie next, which would be cool. Yeah, I like. I agree. I saw it on the big screen, and I th- I did think to myself the same thing. It was like if I was uh, a young child right now, this would have been everything. And like you know, we can't understate. And I think amongst our group, like just even how big Pokemon was mm-hmm. and Red and Blue era for us, and yeah, we, how much we lived in the, in in that world. So seeing them realize on the big screen, and actually Liam. The, it's a point I've touched on a, a few times now, but again, right? Not not making a big deal out of something that would be, you know, almost mundane for someone who doesn't have the context. Like the opening scene of that movie is Mewtwo just causing havoc in a lab, yeah. and you know they're act, they're acting as if it's like not a big deal, and the whole thing is like it was it knew it was so confident in what it was doing. It just knew that the audience would freak the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. you know, they, they didn't need to say that this was a big deal, but seeing Mewtwo—it's almost the first shot of the movie—was just like, holy shit! Can I um, can I just mention one series that we haven't talked about yet? Um, neither of you have played the game. We've brought it up quite a few times, but I actually think it's by far the best adaptation, one of my favorite TV shows ever, oh. um, and it's The Witcher. By Netflix. Ah, good call. So Netflix yeah. did The Witcher. And like, I know I'm cheating a tiny bit because I'd say 90% of the source material is actually from the books, which are really, really good if you have, haven't read them. Um, but it goes back to what Owen said. It does two things so well. One is atmosphere. Le- episode one, the first 20 minutes, I'm like, I literally feel like I'm playing the game. Like they've actually got, they've absolutely nailed the intro so, so well. And also the the kind of the references and the breadcrumbs they leave along the, the series they don't beat you over the head with them at all. They're actually quite hard to find. Uh, it came to the point where I, I'd watched three episodes. I was like, God, it's not really referring to the uh, the video game or the books. Or the, well, it's definitely the books, but not the video game that much. I did a bit of Googling. I was just missing them because uh, they, were, they were fairly subtle, um, which is really, really cool. But I, I really, I think The Witcher is is maybe a bit of a turning point. Um, and then we're looking at what we have next year and the year after with Metal Gear, with Oscar Isaac, and then... Um, I can't remember his name. The guy who's playing um, Nathan Drake. Yeah, what's his name? Um, Tom, Tom Holland. Chris. Yeah. Um, so I think we, 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 we've we've kind of Mark worked... Wahlberg's playing Sully. What? Yeah, can't can't get rid of Mark Wahlberg in this chat. Did you hear Tom Holland? Tom Holland quite candidly in an interview recently yeah. said he wasn't happy with his performance in Uncharted. He admitted he hasn't seen it, but he doesn't feel good about it. Great. <laughs> no, but and, and again, it, go, it actually, it, it, what he said goes back to what I was speaking about, which was he got caught up in like, I'm in this massive action movie. And he felt that he needed to go out of his way in his performance to almost say with his acting, I'm in an action movie. Yeah. And, and then it's when you kind of look at what Henry Cavill did with uh, Geralt in The Witcher. He played the games. He played all the like. He knew the source material yeah, so yeah, so yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. He like. I remember what in an interview he said he wasn't like he wasn't trying to play a new character in a new series. He was literally trying to play Geralt. He's like Geralt was already a three dimensional character. I was just you know given the script and went for it. I remember actually people got so upset when he got cast and he absolutely nailed it. 
Um, which then when I saw Tom Holland cast as Nathan Drake, I was like, oh, I did the same thing with Henry Cavill where I was like, this isn't going to work. Same with Oscar Isaac, to be honest. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, Liam, being a big Metal Gear fan. Um, but I'm not really surprised Tom Holland's not happy with Nathan Drake, particularly if Sully is Mark Wahlberg. Um, <laughs> how, that's not going to work. It's just never going to work. Come here, lads. I don't know if this is controversial. I don't think it is, but there's no point in making an Uncharted movie. Uncharted is a video game doing a type of movie. It's doing your Indiana Jones, your Romance exactly. in the Stone. We don't need to have it looped back around into a movie. It, I think it's pointless. I've never wanted it. It's been in development hell for years, and I've like, good, stay there. Then Tom Holland got the delightful Tom Holland got involved, and I was like, all right, come on, release this one. Go on. But Spider-Man. Mark Wahlberg is Sully. Why aren't you, why, Owen? Why aren't you more upset about this? I'm surprised. <laughs> like, why did you call me or something? Because Antonio Banderas is in it, so I'm all fair. about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My fair. Yeah. He like, offsets the Wahlberg. Is he the villain? Is he, is he the villain? Um, I, I, I think he plays Sully's mustache or something. Okay. Um, so I actually agree, Morrissey, that The Witcher is probably the best adaptation. But does it count? Have you watched it? So I've watched five or six episodes, and let me tell you why I stopped. The reason why I stopped was I didn't like the time um, mechanic that they were doing. So mm. that they were jumping between yeah. um, different timelines. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of said to myself, you know what? I'll wait till like season two and see how it develops. And I know for a fact, I think they, the writers took it on board and are doing just a more linear form of the story. So for season two, I'll catch up and, and watch it. I think it benefits from something that, you know, any and all potential video game adaptations could benefit from, which is um, time. You know, there's time for it to gestate. There's time for it to take its time. You know, you, we truly get to know the likes of Geralt and, and Yennefer and all of this massive cast of characters, right? I think that's a good shout. And just b- back to your point about the 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 weird kind of time jump, the, the reason I actually enjoyed it so much is they pull that straight from the book. So the, the first book is actually a collection of short stories and none of them are really woven together at all, except for the first and the last one. And you don't know the last one's actually connected to the first one until there's a time jump in it. And you're like, oh, hang on a second. Is this going to tie into the start of the book that I read? Uh, but I think you're actually so right, on, And it makes sense. Most of the games that we love and talk about are stories that are dragged out over 20, 30, 40 hours that have much slower arcs than, say, a movie would have. So I, I just think video games lend themselves much better to a TV series um, as opposed to uh, to like a two-hour... Or, or, yeah. they're, they're always less than two hours, actually, which is really weird. Um, or like, yeah, less than a, a two-hour movie. Um so yeah, that's a great show. I think it's a it's a very good a very good call. May I hold you hostage as I talk about Final Fantasy VII Advent Children? I no, I wanted to touch on it <laughs> at some stage. So please, yes, love that movie. So yes, please. I yeah, I I love Final Fantasy VII. It was seminal for me. So I don't think I, I I'm 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 dead serious here. I don't think I was ever more excited for a film when <laughs> when it was announced. That movie just had me by the neck, and I don't think. It's good. I'm going to put that out there. I, I didn't need to rewatch it for this because I've seen it 15 times. Um, I don't think it's good. It's a sequel. It's not an adaptation. It's a sequel to Final Fantasy VII. It was around the time when like Final Fantasy characters were popping up in, in Kingdom Hearts and stuff like that. And, and they just lost how to write these characters. I, when I watch Advent Children, they're not, that's not Cloud. That's not um, Tifa. They're just written wrong. I don't, I, they're, they're not complicated characters, but they're just off. But I, um, as soon as you said, um, 
like we'll do an episode about uh, movie um, games. I was like, Advent Children is probably the best one. I forgot about Mortal Kombat because Advent Children is just so joyous. It like it brings all these characters back. They're all moping around, and the fight scenes are completely and out of this world. They're that's so what cool. I remember. That's what <laughs> yeah, I. Remember. They, they were so dramatic. They're so over the top. It was amazing. And yeah, that's what I'm, I remember going over to your house, Liam, and seeing this yeah. thing for the first time. And not even what I don't think it, we even watched it at yours. I think you just showed us one or two of the fight scenes, and I'm just like, what the hell is this? And like that last forty or so minutes in like Midgar is just bonkers. I, I will always readily admit, and it's really embarrassing that I think it came out when I was like eighteen or so. So I wasn't a kid. So let's not let's get that out of the way. I wasn't a kid. I actually think I like probably had a tear running down my face because there's this really silly bit where Cloud's fighting a giant dragon, whatever his name is, Bahamut, and uh, well, he, all all the, all his teammates from the, the Final Fantasy VII game help him. They throw him off the scaffolding one by one, and oh. it's terrible. It's terrible. But I was like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're my childhood fucking buddies, you know. It had a great and, uh, soundtrack as well. I remember the soundtrack would, yeah, being absolutely it would, fantastic. It, it would want to with Final Fantasy, like you know, yeah. But well, that's the I thing. Think, I think a lot. I think a lot of the original stuff might have been reorchestrated, or mm-hmm. or just originally or even no, uh, it, orchestrated it was, for it. There's a yeah. there's a fucking class um, guitar version of One Winged Angel, the Sephiroth theme, which was recently in Smash Brothers for the Sephiroth reveal trailer. And that's just a little aside. But um, I think, I, like I said, I don't I, I don't think Average Children is that good a movie. I don't like the story. I think the characters are off, but it kind of. Gave me what I want. It, it, it was Final Fantasy enough for me. Do either of you remember Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within? Yeah, I, I yeah I I was so close to rewatching it mm-hmm. um, for this because I think oh and did we see it in the cinema together? Yeah, and <laughs> I I'm still in the, I still kind of like that movie and I own so it. So do I. Yeah, is it one of the Baldwin's in it? Am I right saying that? Alex, all the Baldwin's are in it. The Baldwin is in it. <laughs> King Baldwin is in it. <laughs> All the Baldwins, imagine it's <laughs> all like all like fighters. Seven, seven of them, I don't know. Um, I I enjoyed the movie, and I had never played Final Fantasy before watching. You don't, it. you don't and fucking then, eat them. And I didn't need to exactly. Yeah. I was so happy. By the end of it, I was like, oh, I didn't need to know anything. The movie bankrupt the company. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it bankrupted SquareSoft, which were a juggernaut. They actually made They're all huge. their they made all their money back immediately uh, from Final Fantasy X, which came out soon after it. But imagine being SquareSoft. You've made Final Fantasy one of the most seminal um, uh, video game franchises. You've gotten big in the West since seven. You're killing it, and you make it one movie, and you bankrupt yourself. That's embarrassing. And it was the creator as well. He left the company right after it. It was the creator of Final Fantasy who did it. And I think it's because it's not Final Fantasy enough. It's just it's just another film. It's set in it's set Earth first of all, which is like you know we can't do that with a Final Fantasy again. That doesn't make a lick of sense. There's no big swords. There's no spiky hair. There's no chocobos. It's like a kind of dull enough science fiction film about ghosts or something <laughs> doesn't it have too much steve buscemi in it as well he's in it there's no such, um, no such thing it's too much ming na is in it you know her she did the voice of mulan she's in mandalorian this moment she played aki ross also she played chun lee in the john <laughs> van damme street fighter movie she's all over this podcast full but, circle um, wow yeah, yeah but a- aki ross the main character became like a digital model she was she was on the cover of um, magazines and stuff yeah i remember yeah. that and that time, was the groundbreaking yeah. thing at the time, wasn't it? it was, yeah, it was, it was the technology. And ironically, when you try to make a CGI photorealistic, it ages far quicker. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can go back. What, what came out around the same time? Like a Bug's Life, maybe? Looks fine now because it's cartoon ants and you watch Final Fantasy Spirit within its age so, so badly. They, 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 oh, they yeah, look so stiff it. and uh, uncanny. That's just, that's just Alec Bolton, though. 
<laughs> That's just what he looks like in 2001. <laughs> <He's not. laughs> I have one more TV show I, I just wanted to drop for you guys. Yeah, do to, it, do to it, remember. do it. Um, and I wasn't sure if it was a video game first or not. Um, because I think one of you guys told me Pokemon was actually a video game first. And I completely disputed that. Yes. And then, and then Google it was like, fuck. Every time I, I tell wrong. someone that they're, they they think I'm wrong and they slap me, but it's correct. It was it was um, game I first. I would have slapped you if, if we were in the same country. I might have. Um, game first, then cards and cartoon and everything. Yeah, You're, you're bang on. Um, Earth, Earthworm Jim. Whoa, whoa, remember... whoa, 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 whoa. Should have prepared me for this. This is amazing. We're talking about Earthworm Jim. Yeah, so I and it's a game I haven't thought about in years, and I actually found quite hard to to find a copy to play again. So I didn't begin to do that, but um, I loved that cartoon. Yeah, I I, I remember being on RTE. It was early Sunday morning, maybe I can't remember, but I remember absolutely adoring um, that video game and sorry, the TV show because it's got the video game atmosphere bang on. Like the art style was similar, the comedy was similar. This is a big, um, beloved cult franchise, but just because it's a tiny bit more obscure than the other things we've been talking about, like just to clarify, Earthworm Jim is a, a now dead, but in the 16-bit era, there was two Earth, Earthworm Jim platformer games. Yeah. What I would say is the most notable thing about them is that they had beautiful sprite work. At the time, I don't think there was any games that looked more like a living cartoon. Um, yeah. And Earth Jim himself, who's a, who's a worm who's inside a power suit that lets you know do shit, he was so well animated. He was so well, like, he has much personality. So it was actually the perfect game to adapt into a cartoon. It was really right. good, and, yeah. And, right. all the other, and he had a brilliant rogues gallery, Jim, from the from the game. So, like, you just put all these ridiculous villains. It's a perfect Animaniacs type um, Saturday morning cartoon, or whatever you want to call it. Exactly. That's such yeah. a good show, yeah. I really wanted to put both of you on the spot to pick your favorite and your your worst. Liam kind of has already done that by saying that Mortal Kombat's the best movie since Citizen Kane. Well, maybe I've changed my mind. To- since talking to you, you don't know. I haven't. <laughs> well, Marcy, how, how about I do this instead? I'm going to tell you my favorite movie that whoa, is whoa, a video whoa. game, but isn't a video game. Oh, that's, that's clever. Uh, so it's about video games. Oh, okay, okay. No. So as in, oh, if okay. the, the, the movie almost follows the same mechanics of what you would expect in a video game. So the movie... Is it list? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's boot. <laughs> oh, lads. I know, it's so funny. The, uh, on, no, so, the, uh, the movie that I'm going to pick is essentially, it's a roguelike. And it stars Tom Cruise and it's Edge of Tomorrow. Oh. Which is a, is a sci-fi roguelike. Great movie. So, yeah, great I think movie. That's, that's actually a clever angle to take. I like that. Yeah. So essentially, for those who haven't seen it, um, you know, you could call it a sci-fi military shooter, aka, you know, along the lines of Gears of War, maybe. Um, and Tom Cruise suffers from Groundhog Day syndrome, um, and he re- he when he dies, um, he relives the same day over and over, and he must find I forget what it is now. He must find essentially the source of where the aliens are coming from like their brain i think mm. like the epicenter of the actual yeah, yeah. so yeah. you know edge of tomorrow is essentially you know take the mechanics of a roguelike you know tom cruise is essentially the avatar of the player who learns more every single time they play the game and the further you progress essentially the more powerful you become true knowledge of the game I, I, this is a, this is like a thesis. I'm very impressed by this. This is why I think we're turning. I personally believe that we're coming to a turning point. 
And I don't think it's going to be Uncharted that does it for us. Um, I think personally that uh, The Last of Us, uh, HBO, and uh, Metal Gear will be the big ones for us that will be the first success. But the reason why I say that is I think we're we're starting to see like directors almost have the video game sensibilities of, of how they're making video games and their it's, understanding it, of it. It's, it's almost sad to say, cause we might, you know, get a little bit envious, but I think it's cause a lot of directors now have grown up with the video games that yep. we grew up with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? So, you know, I would rec- like, I'd encourage, you know, I'm super stoked and I'm super um, excited and hopeful for Metal Gear more than anything. Oh, I'm so um, even- scared though. I know, yeah, but I, it's only it's only because Jordan Vaught Roberts, who's writing and directing it, is a gamer first and a filmmaker second, and his his filmmaking career is is has been pretty decent. He's uh, you know he's shown he can done do character dramas with uh, the Kings of Summer, mm. and then he's proven he can do the big budget with Kong Skull Island, mm-hmm. and now this is his. This is I, I remember the story. I, I was reading an interview with him, and he was sitting down at whatever production company, and the uh, executive was there, and he's like, "Okay, so what do you want to do next?" And apparently, the the executive had an art book of Metal Gear Solid on his coffee table, and apparently, then Roberts was like, "That's what I want to do." And the exec was like, "Well, that's impossible. Like, essentially, nobody could make it." And everything that he has done in his career, he has said, has led up to the point of him adapting Metal Gear. And okay. like Kojima has seen the script. He's been working with Boss Logic on all of the pre-production stuff. I'm super hopeful for it. I just firstly that exec that's probably the the most correct thing anyone's ever said ever. Um, because you you can't make a Metal Gear movie. Like I I think it's almost similar to Uncharted where. A lot of what Kojima did, particularly with incredibly long cutscenes and absolutely mental plot it points, it lives in the, that medium. Yeah, it does. It lives yeah, in it's, the medium of video games. Yeah, he's so he's very much a guy who probably would love to make movies if he could, but he his medium is video games, and they're very very inspired by uh, by you know big cinematic set pieces. Um, I love Metal Gear more than any other series probably out there. I just wish they'd leave it alone. I love Oscar Isaac. I think he's great. He's not Snake to me at all, though. I think he's good casting, actually. I disagree with you. I, and all, I, also, there's like yeah. to pair up with its director, who seems to be really into this um, franchise. You can see footage of Oscar Isaac doing press for Star Wars. They, they might be asked, you know, what 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 franchise would you like to do? He's like Metal Gear. He's a fan. He's a yeah, fan. So I'm, I'm again, happy. Yeah, I think. That. Yeah, and I think that that goes a certain way. But like Liam, do you really? Do you really believe they can capture the essence of a Metal I'm curious. You know I'm I mean? very curious. I don't <laughs> think they should do Shadow Moses. I don't think they should do um, Metal Gear Solid, the PS1 one. Because I think I think the, the best way to do it would be to go back to the ones... Because Metal Gear Solid is the first Metal Gear Solid game. But as we know, there's two Metal Gears before that. Yeah, the Metal Gear game is much easier to do. They should do those yeah. because those don't... Because they're like terrible 2D kind of... Um, games you know you you could you could it could be a gold mine if they adapt the original metal gear the original big boss um outer heaven story i think it might be a mistake to try to do um metal gear solid and you know, all those characters and liquid snake and psycho mantis because we have those in the game and they're fantastic and it'll just yeah. kind of you know it'll be cool seeing them in the trailer but at the end of the day it'll be very kind of like oh 
I like my Psycho Mantis in the game better than the movie one. It'll, it'll exactly, it never yeah. be like that. Yeah, but yeah, but I, I'm I'm the same as you. I'm exactly like, like I definitely am curious and like I'm just an optimistic person by nature. <laughs> um, but I am very optimistic about The Last of Us because I, I think Last of Us isn't. I think it's just such a well-written game. I haven't played the second one yet. Need to redo that. Um, but the team behind it, I'm just like, wow. And the casting for for Ellie as well. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, like, I'm both, on board. Both of those castings are inspired. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the guy from the Mandalorian as well. Yeah, uh, Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pascal. Yeah, absolutely just amazing. Yeah. He's everywhere. Really He's so hot right now. He is. And to be honest, <laughs> you know, as much as I love Neil Druckmann, I think the real driving force behind that and the reason why it will be as good as it potentially can be is because he's co-writing it with one of the writers from Chernobyl, which is an absolute masterpiece. Wow. And Chernobyl one is... T- one of the best TV shows ever, yeah. If you want atmosphere, that Chernobyl miniseries is nothing but atmosphere. I don't want Chernobyl atmosphere, though. Because that would that's, be that, 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 That's fair, yeah. yeah. What do you want to do Friday night? I'd love to feel like I was in Chernobyl <laughs> for 10 hours. Have I got the TV show for you? Say my, that, my, though, yeah. wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be really cool if we were watching the Metal Gear Solid movie on a big screen and Psycho Mantis came on and he did shit like screen burn and you thought the the film uh, real potentially or, burned or, out? If he said, oh, you watch Avengers Endgame. Or something like that. That would be cool. He, he, looks at, he just looks at us. That That'd kind of fun. stuff would be cool, right? It would be cool. It would be cool. Uh, one question for you quickly. So what? what's um, a video game that hasn't been adapted to a movie yet that you'd love to see done? It's less and less as the years go on. When I was a kid and a teenager, there was plenty that I wanted, but video games themselves are becoming so sophisticated that you almost kind of, you know, we're, you know, we don't need it adapted into a film because because they're so good. But I've always Frogger. said... Me- <laughs> yeah. yeah it could be like a pixar kind of thing we yeah, the podcast there, thing. <laughs> i was i always say metroid to this to, as as an answer to this because i think it would never happen and i, I think I, I like even more so than metal gear i would have no faith in it so i i always imagined a very atmospheric almost dialogueless metroid movie about just samus in a suit very alien like you know yeah like ridley scott's alien i think that would be cool and i still think that'd be cool even though it's not really something i'd i I really wanted it when I was a kid, but now I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever. That's my answer. And, it's, it. and it's weird going, going back to Edge of Tomorrow. I could totally see Emily Blunt yes. playing Samus yeah, yeah. like that. That's yeah, that's a great. Well, actually, uh, Brie Larson has been yeah. uh, petitioning for. She's a big Metroid fan, so she's been petitioning. Which well, be she fine. was so she was so brilliant in Captain Marvel. I'd be absolutely okay with oh, that. Would you stop? Sorry. What's this like? Such a shit movie. <laughs> oh Marcy, for me, something that almost happened, actually, it was very far along in production. Uh, Gore Verbineski, after Pirates of the Caribbean, I believe, mm-hmm. um, he was working with, I think it was Disney, to do an R-rated um, Bioshock. And uh, they got very, very far along. It's the fact that Disney, I think it was, would not greenlight an R-rated movie, and they just couldn't agree on the budget that needed to be done to do it. Bioshock um, and the rating because he would not do it if it wasn't R-rated. I respect that, but like they're not R-rated games, really. So, but yeah, I, yeah, they are. are they really? I don't know. Bioshock Infinite. They've got themes, Morrissey. Hold on, hold on. Bioshock is quite scary. Did you actually play it? Are you just are you just trying to? Three. Okay, okay. No, I, I, I showed you my Steam. I showed you my Steam library. I swear. Ask me questions. Um, no, I, I love them. I don't think it's that scary. Um, 
maybe not. That's a good show. By Shock, I would definitely. What about you? Leisure Suit Larry. Are you serious? No, I've, I actually I actually asked that question without any idea in mind. Um, thinking about it now, Mass Effect? Did yeah. you see the latest thing from Henry Cavill that sent everyone ablaze on the internet? That he was, uh, so he was sitting in a chair doing makeup, presumably for the latest season of Witcher. But he uh, he captioned something about how he was researching for a new project, or he was, you know, doing whatever. And the book that he was reading was a Mass Effect. No way! Yeah, oh God. Henry Cavill oh. for Varys or Garrus Vakarian, please. Just just make it <laughs> he happen. Ha- he, ha- he has to be Shepherd. He just has to be. Shepherd yeah. will be a woman. Said it here. That'd hey, be really cool. Hey, hey look, listen. Episode six, if they ever adapt Mass Effect into a movie, it'll be Femship. There. Yeah. Kill the atmosphere, yeah, but I made my point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's great. I think, I think awesome. we're I think we're just about wrapping up, but um I like alarm bells. We haven't talked about the Mario Brothers movie. Do we have to? Is it worth talking about? It's the probably the most um uh infamous one. I just think I just think we I, at least need to acknowledge it. Did you know that you you bowl directed Blood Rain? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. And Far yeah. Cry? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I watched Far Cry with the guys and from um, of the Dead. Yeah. I'm kinda of glad we didn't bring like I think <laughs> I think, I think the big one, to Liam. Yeah, I know. I just don't like him. He's a creep and I kinda of don't want to give He's him, an asshole. Even on our humble podcast, I don't want to give yeah, him kind of air time. Yeah. I will say though, we have to give him some credit because when the three of us really started watching bad movies probably. That was like the first one, yeah. It was like, yeah. for, like Alone in the Dark. I remember it with Christian Slater. Mm-hmm. Awful. How yeah, he did that. Where half the cast died within the first like eight or nine minutes. Run into the zombies. There was fucking interludes of the actual video game in that there movie. There was, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, oh, actually, one one very quickly, one other one I wanted to mention was Doom. Have either of you watched that? Yep. Yeah, with the Rock. So that which is kind of, just you reminded me of it on because it has like little interludes of first person. First person, like it has one sequence, play, but like yeah, yeah, it has, yeah, yeah. Don't I just want if anyone's listening, don't do that. <laughs> don't try it. Just just make it a a movie. Spielberg taking and, notes now. He, he probably like, is, but you both definitely listening. He's playing football manager because of what you said last week, and now he's like he's taking notes. Well, I hope that Irish guy from who made Max Payne is fucking listening because oh God. he he should Stop. he should quit quit his job and do anything else. Oh my, anything God. at all. He's funding the podcast, Morrissey. <laughs> oh shit I, I know it's an inelegant way to end things but I'm just keep thinking we haven't talked about Mario we, the Resident, there's like seven Resident Evil movies we didn't talk about any of those yeah but I think Resident Evil deserves its own topic only because we, are, we have one Netflix I'm not joking we have one Netflix series coming out yes, of Resident Evil right. we have a new Resident Evil movie coming out that's unrelated we have a new CG animated Netflix movie that's also coming out, um, as well as whatever fucking four new games are coming out. Yeah, well, despite big scaredy cat Marcy, I will be insisting that we have to do a Resident Evil episode about the games anyway, so we could do the movies then as well. Yeah. Why did you have to call me big as well? Like, scaredy cat is bad enough, and you call me big, a big scaredy cat. I'm not just a normal scaredy cat. I'm like, uh, just so harsh, man. Okay, I'll change it. You big fucking coward. 
Okay. <laughs> Can we edit that okay. out? Okay. Can we no, edit that out? Won't. Why does he always have to get like this on? <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't know. So to all of our listeners, we really hope that you enjoyed this episode of the show. Um, if you want to support us, because, of course, we don't get paid for doing this. We have no sponsors except for the John Moore director. Um, Not we'd appreciate <laughs> John Moore. We'd appreciate any loves, likes, shares that you could give of the show. Um, helping us grow it is greatly, greatly appreciated. And we thank everyone who has listened to so the show so far. Um, yes. So, yeah, let's wrap things up here, folks. I'm going to go watch Monster Hunter again. I'm actually just gonna watch Mortal Kombat because it's so good. Might, might actually watch clips of it. Like, I'm gonna go. E- I'm gonna go email that guy who made Max Payne. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Until next time, Bye. folks. Thank Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Bye.